0: Welcome to this episode of Farm Discipleship. Our friend, Chuck Trowbridge, joins us today. Chuck and his wife, Molly, live just up the road in Sherman with their three children. They started their farm, Prairie Farmstead, in 2017, where they are now selling pastured eggs and grass-fed beef. And if I remember right, Sarah, you met Chuck about a year ago.
1: That's right. It was at a Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance dinner in McKinney. Now at that time, you and I were getting closer in deciding what breed of cattle we wanted for our farm. We were becoming more and more interested in a relatively new breed called South Pole, P-O-L-L. But we hadn't met any farmers in our region who were raising them. Well, the people at our table were getting to know each other and I asked Chuck about his farm. He said that they were in Sherman, which is our county seat, and they were raising South Pole cattle. Well, I'm sure (laughs) that my eyes got real big. I remember asking him tons of questions and we have become fast friends ever since.
0: Now, of course, since then, we have gotten our own, Mm -hmm. six of our own South Pole cattle. That's right. Chuck has been a great conversation partner in that process and he is a man of faith, which you will hear in this conversation. Glad you could join us for farm discipleship.
1: Tell us about Prairie Farmstead.
0: Well, I was, you know, I grew up on a farm
2: um, in western New York, south of Buffalo on the uh, Pennsylvania border, so in the hills there, and I always wanted to farm since being a young kid. Um, My family actually moved away from the farm when I was very young, maybe four or five, for my dad to work a different job, and so I just kind of watched it from the distance to watch my grandparents farm it for a little while. Um, and then we moved back into the farm when I think I was 10. So, mm-hmm. th- you know, there was, and then from then on, you know, we were, we were part of it again, and I loved every minute of it, you know, at 10, 10 and that age, you, you can do a lot or at least tag along a lot. And um, I, I fell in love with it early on. I think a lot of that had to do with my dad's personality that he would include us, you know, whatever he, he either out of necessity <laughs> or out of his, his, his character, he would always include us, you know. And so, um, I ended up coming to Texas for college for a lot of re- a number of reasons. That's a whole nother podcast. But um, um, came came to Texas and um, went to college, got an engineering degree, met my wife Molly. We moved to Wisconsin so that she could keep going with her education, um, based out of Milwaukee, southeast Wisconsin. And um, while we were there, uh, they. Southeast Wisconsin, maybe all of Wisconsin, Southern Wisconsin, Madison, Milwaukee area, has a very strong farmers market culture and like food to table culture. And this this was we got there in I think in oh seven and it, it was strong when we got there and grew. I can think of a few restaurants that opened while we were there that were farm to table restaurants. So we we're kinda you know, that was that was fun. We kinda get to know that. I got a kick out of walking farmers markets because we didn't really have them much in growing up. Mm -hmm. so it was just kind of a fun fun thing to do and then um i don't know how soon after it came out but i was watching the movie food inc yeah i want to say it was probably around like 2010 or 11 i don't i don't remember exactly what year and it was just one of those movies that kind of was thought provoking um and i i had before that i hadn't really paid much attention to even the organic food scene or Mm -hmm. or um i don't know um commodity uh agriculture in general my right. my dad and my grandfather you know they they taught me quite a bit of natural type stuff out of my grandfather was born in 1910 and kind of grew up in natural farming yeah. um, so passed that along a little bit to my dad And you know there's things like you know cows are herbivores they eat grass you know right. type of you know type of just kind of logical type natural things mm-hmm. and um anyway
1: they don't want, they don't want to eat
2: corn yeah they don't necessarily want to eat 100% grain but we also owned a small feed mill so that was also kind of like a yeah. you know like yeah. there so there there were these little hints of you know yeah natural old school farming mixed right. in you know right. uh, so watch this movie and it, it it all made sense to me and it, it you know if you have watched the movie it's yeah. not it's not um they're, it's not super emotional, you know, they're not just trying to condemn um, factory chicken farms and pig farms, they bring them up, but it's not just a PETA movie, you know, yeah. it, it, it kind of brings in all the different aspects of why our current food system is broken, yeah. and so it got me thinking, and in, in that movie, Joel Salatin's in there for a few clips, yeah. and um, I can't remember exactly the subject he was talking about, But I know he was with his pigs and he was talking about the pigness of the pig and, you know, some of his very famous one liners. And I was like, man, who is this guy? And, you know, I kind of need to know a little bit more about him. So I started reading. I, I, I was in a job where I had a lot of time to read. I was on on the airplane a lot, Um, took a sales role where I was flying around um, the continent and sometimes over to Europe. And so I just had a lot of time to read. So I was reading books. Um, mm-hmm. I don't sit still very well. And so I, I learned how to read from that job, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, blew through his books. And then from there, you know, blew through some other books. And so I started having this dream of, well, maybe I can farm again someday. And if I did, you know, maybe you can make money at farming if you do it this way. If you do it, if right. you're direct to consumer, if you're regenerative, if you're producing a more nutritious Food than what commodity farming produces. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I, I kind of, you know, our farm wasn't very profitable growing up. I saw my dad's struggle with finances. Mm. Um, I, saw, I saw the struggle to produce in the commodity agriculture world. Right. Um, as a small farmer. Right. And so I kind of, you know, started to build this dream in a way um, after watching that movie and started reading that there is a different way to farm. And it can be profitable and it can be good for your family. Mm-hmm. And then from there, kind of like, oh, wow, it's, it started wanting to research more about the food you can produce, that it is more nu- nutrient dense. It is healthier for you. It is, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these things and that it is better for the planet. It doesn't, you know, go on a truck across the country. It doesn't fly from Australia, you know, things mm-hmm. like yeah. that, you know, yeah. the gears, the gears start turning and there can be a lot of gears. You can start, you know, going on lots of different tangents. Sure. Um, so I guess it was kind of a, a long journey. We ended up moving back to Texas in, in 2014 with, with a goal of finding some land and, and farming soon after we got here. And after reading Greg Judy's books, and, mm-hmm. and Joel Selton suggested as well that as a young person, you don't need to buy land to farm. There's, there's plenty of land in this country that you can right. farm without actually purchasing an acre. Mm -hmm. You know, they they both kind of encourage that, so.
1: Right, there's people who have land and don't have a farmer, and there's people who want to be farmers that don't have land.
2: Exactly, exactly, And, and there's still, you know, there is a lot of idle land, even in Grayson County, there's a lot of idle land that's not used for some reason.
1: Chuck has mentioned a couple of names already, Greg Judy, and Joel Salatin. Now, Greg is at Green Pastures Farm in Missouri. Joel is in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia at Polyface Farm or the Farm of Many Faces. Rodney, you and I met Greg and his wife Jan at a grazing workshop in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we were visiting family in Virginia on one trip, we stopped by Polyface and we met Joel as well. That's right. That's right. These guys probably wouldn't like being called prophets, maybe revolutionaries would would be something they would be more comfortable with. Uh, But there is no doubt that they are helping many of us have a new vision, a new way of seeing that maybe there is, like Chuck says, a different way, a more profitable and healthier way to farm, both for the farmer and for the consumer, but most especially for the land.
0: We need more people farming in these holistic ways. And if you don't have to own a lot of land, maybe we can. We have two of Greg's books, No Risk Ranching, Custom Grazing on Lease Land, and Comeback Farms, Rejuvenating Soils, Pastures and Profits with Livestock Grazing. Joel is probably the more well-known of the two, having been highlighted in the film Food, Inc as well as the book Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan. I do think we need to order Joel's book, The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs. (laughs) Yes, that should be an eye opening.
1: And knowing Joel, it will not only be informative, but a fun read. I love that Chuck always wanted to farm and now he is. Clearly, he was close with his dad tagging along, which I can relate to as a farmer's daughter. But he didn't just tag along. Chuck's dad included him in the chores of caring for their farm. And as a kid, Chuck fell in love with it. That never leaves you. And it's a good reminder to us adults, whether we live on a farm or near a park or a creek, you never know what a lasting investment you might be making when you take a walk with a 10 year old, maybe picking up some trash on the trail or moving cows across the pasture.
2: I don't know when I first remember it but I, I I really remember as a young kid just feeling very close to God in nature. Seeing God in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, those those early uh, spiritual moments or, you know, um, praying, you know, mm-hmm. praying what came easier outside and in nature when I'm mm-hmm. maybe working by myself or, you know, driving a tractor for twelve hours straight or <laughs> things like that. But um You know it just naturally that seemed seemed to that seemed what was natural to me um Mm -hmm. was and then you know when i met my wife in college you know we we were in a group of friends that would go uh, camping quite a bit and rock Mm -hmm. climbing and backpacking Mm -hmm. things like that and you know that was one of the things that we had in common is that she she had something very similar her background wasn't farming her background was she grew up in alaska and did a lot of stuff outdoors we were very similar in that
0: how does your your faith influence your farming? And at the same time, how does your farming influence your faith? Good question.
2: Well, um, I think that's changed over the years, um, especially after that, you know, that research and and thinking through a lot of this in, in my 20s, you know, after that, that movie, after, you know, um, my, my father actually passed away when I think I was, I was, it was, I was 23, I believe mm-hmm. uh, he, he passed away in an accident mm-hmm. and we, we had all intentions of actually going back and farming with him mm-hmm. uh, when we got married. And, you yep. Mm-hmm. So Molly was on board and, and we were making plans to do that um, until that happened. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that dream was shattered or, you know, was mm-hmm. gone and um so you know the 20s were pretty pivotal for me not you know having to work through that um my faith grew a lot and um now you know I I think you know one thing is my my wife and I Molly we we take the command in Genesis to be stewards Mm
0: -hmm.
2: of not only you know the earth and the land but you know we take very seriously that everything we have is his right um, mm-hmm. and if we're farmers it's also the land that he's entrusted us right um, mm-hmm. it's his <laughs> right and um we need to be good stewards of it and yeah. um right we put together you know just an llc to to go over our farm and things like that and the name of that is g215 and that's from genesis chapter 2 verse 15.
1: Mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. very nice
2: that was one of the verses that has really stuck out to us as as, i think it's one of the first commands if i remember it's one of the first commands to to steward steward the earth Mm -hmm. first thing we're
1: Uh, talking and now let just interject it's interesting and i and i'm i'm glad to hear uh that your reading of the bible tells you that it belongs to god mm -hmm. because there i hear so many people say people church folks who say, "Well, God has given it to us," but you're using the word of God has entrusted
2: it. Yeah. To us if I think about that word God. steward, if I yeah. think of that word steward, there's not an ownership there. It's it's right. a right. you know tenant you know type type responsibility or or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know we we see you know it's hard to put a label on the type of farming we we're in. There's lots of different labels, but, um, you know, Mm -hmm. we see our natural regenerative type farming as being kind of the outlet of that, that command, you know, and and some
1: of our, some mm -hmm. of our listeners may are hearing more and more of that term regenerative Regenerative. agriculture. So what, how would you describe regenerative agriculture in a couple of sentences or two?
2: So I think it's a measuring stick in, in my mind, I see it, and maybe this is the engineer in me, but I see it as a way to, to measure your progress, um, over time, whether that's, you know, in farming, that kind of has to be more than a year. So over, over, you know, multiple years is, is your land, is the forage on your land, is it in a better place holistically? Um, <laughs> than when you arrived or where, when you started managing yeah. it, stewarding it. And, you, you know, that's, it's not really easy thing to measure, you know, every, every type of agriculture farming probably can measure that slightly differently, but it's, it's, it was very clear to me at a very early age that the way we were raising cattle, beef cattle in New York, our, our land was going backwards, you know, thorns and thistles were taking over the pasture, right. The grass was, volume of grass was decreasing. It was degenerative. It was degenerative over time. And I remember thinking that at a very early age is like, why why can't you know, why do we have to put so much effort into mm. you know, maintaining hay and grass mm. and things like that? Like, like, shouldn't nature be working better? <laughs> you know. You're right. So right. so I think, you know, regenerative is a very broad term, but right. it, I think we all need to answer that question for ourselves is 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 the land improving? you know right water right. water. there are ways that you can measure it and you know we measure it with are we increasing the carbon content mm-hmm. in our soil you know that's mm-hmm. one way we can measure it with a lab you know with a soil yeah. sample yeah. another way is is you know after a couple of years could we get another cow or two on our property like are we right. producing more grass and increasing our stocking rate you know right? But there's yeah. visual cues you know are the types of grasses that we want coming back you know mm-hmm. are, are you know is the is the grass improving is the soil getting covered Mm -hmm. things like that so right long answer
1: you mentioned earlier how uh, as a kid being outside and in nature you felt closest to god Uh, what about specifically in farming what have you felt closest to god in farming and conversely on the other the flip side of that i don't know i mean are there times when god feels distant sure
2: I think, you know, I think I'd have to go back to my answer that, that, that or, you know, kind of what we talked, talk, touched on earlier is that when I'm outside, um, you know, when I'm working quietly by myself, I, I love my kids and I love them being with me, but um, usually there's not a lot of communing with God while they're with me <laughs> I'm trying to keep them safe and contained. But, but uh, when, when I am by myself, whether that's an early morning cow check, or I really like going out in the summer evenings after my kids go to bed, that's my, one of my favorite times to go out, you know, in general, wildlife is a little more active than the cows are a little more active. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: They're getting their, 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 their end of the day, you know, feast before they, the night, you know, comes, Mm -hmm. I, I, I find those times where I'm out there on my own, when it's quiet, maybe when I'm working with my hands, is when I can mm-hmm. really, you know, pray. I can I can meditate on, you know, things that aren't going well or or things mm-hmm. that are going well. You know, I, I can kind of focus my mind a little bit more um, when mm-hmm. I'm out there, yeah. And um, really, again, pray and 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 think think about God and think of um, think through things a little a little better. Nice. Mm-hmm. As far as being distant, <laughs> being being from new york and now being in texas i think uh 110 degree days about 3 p.m is what <laughs> <laughs> how I feel long oh lord <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> man when is when is the that sun going to drop behind the hill <laughs> right <laughs> that's good um uh, but <laughs> um i think in, in, all in all seriousness i think you know personally when when i get when i get in the way and when i get tunnel focused on you know my my dreams and goals, I, I lose track of,
0: mm. you know,
2: that I'm a steward, that I this is his, you know, mm. that I'm I'm I have multiple roles, you know, farmer being one of them, you know, father being another, husband mm-hmm. being another, you know, right. I, I lose those. I, I'm very goal oriented, very task oriented. I love checking a box that I got a test done, you know, got to mm. accomplish the goal. And that that gets in the way, you know. Mm. Um mm. and when, when even when things are hard when things don't go right when things don't don't go as planned you know um it's hard it you know it, it's easy for me to lose focus yeah um, or to see god in those times you know i just really i mean have always been able to see god's handiwork in nature you know from the dew drops and on the spider webs to mm. you know just how everything works together it's just it, it's it's always pointed me towards a, an amazing creator that has placed me here for a reason. Um, right. Mm. So it's, mm. it's one of the reasons why I love farming and just always had the edge to figure out a way to get back
0: out to it somehow. Genesis two fifteen.
1: the Lord God took the humans and settled them in the Garden of Eden to do what? What are we here for? We are to dress it and keep it, according to the King James Version. Other translations say to work it and take care of it. Others to cultivate it and tend it. Or according to the Common English Bible, which is my new fave, to farm it and to take care of it. Genesis 2.15 is the first time in the Bible when we are told who we are called to be in this world in this creation which belongs to God. We are to take care of the places where we are in such a way that brings delight to God. And delight is what Eden means.
0: Yeah, that's right. And when we realize that every inch of the earth, whether it is a farm or a backyard or even a wilderness in Alaska, is God's land. Mm. Now, we live in Texas. And that kind of messes with our sense of individual property rights. But the Bible is clear when it says, the earth is the Lord's. There is no relinquishment of title, but God places some caretakers on that land. And here we all are assigned to care for this place as long as we are here.
1: And like Chuck says, to care for it in a way that is not degenerative or depleting, but regenerative and life-giving. Chuck does a good job of measuring the ways in which his regenerative practices are rebuilding the soil health. This is obviously good for farmers from a profitability standpoint and for consumers who get more nutrient-dense food on their plates, but all of us, especially the next generation's benefit as these practices can be instrumental in mitigating climate change, which is a whole nother podcast.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that uh, Chuck and Molly mm-hmm. have reminded us of our earliest biblical instructions from Genesis 2:15 of who God has called us to be. Amen. When 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 we're thinking about our connections between farming food and faith. What what breaks your heart? You know, and 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 and, and, and what gives you hope at the same time?
2: um i think i don't think these are in order of importance Mm -hmm. per se um but i think you know in my mid-20s there when i started researching this and learning more i think and then as i've had kids i think one of the things that really breaks my heart is the our american disconnect that we have between um I guess food and healthy food, right. um, and mm-hmm. I I don't want to blame the federal government per se because we all need to take responsibility. But yeah. you know the USDA has a lot of policies to produce more and more and more of their approved products. You know, if the, right. you know whether that's through um, incentives. You know, whether that's in through subsidies mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. they pick who's the winner and who's not through subsidies
0: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and so it you know i think it's a shame that we've broken down the food we eat into you know almost elements like
1: mm-hmm.
2: food is only a combination of protein carbs and calories like that's right. that's mm-hmm. sad to me that you know we kind of have that mindset here in the u.s and i think it's different than other cultures around the world mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know in farming we often have, you know, broken down the soil as just the soil is just NPK, just, you know, measure your NPK and add the one that's missing and you'll, you can farm, you know, Right. Um, at least, you know, that's kind of my, was my thought process, you know, before I do, started down this path and it seems like it's mm-hmm. kind of the cultural, you know, mm-hmm. mindset that that breaks my heart. It, yeah. I think it leads to people thinking that, you know, a McDonald's chicken nugget is chicken so that it's then yes. the same as a drumstick off a pasture-raised chicken. It's chicken, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. chicken is chicken is chicken, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been told when someone asks me how much my eggs are, you know, or what's the difference my eggs, they're like, well, eggs are eggs. They all have the same amount of protein, eggs are eggs, right. you know, that, that's a jerk quote from someone who is... Shocked that my price breaks, you know, which isn't yeah. it's not observant, but you know, th- there's so what idea. is
1: what is soil to you besides in besides <laughs> pk?
2: It's a living matter that you know God mm. created to work in unison with you know living microbes and fungi and bacteria mm-hmm. and and um, you know, someone that said there, you know, there's more life in a, a handful of living soil than you know the animals you know, in so many miles here you know, yes. or whatnot, there, there's just, right. so it's, it's a living being, mm-hmm. you know, it obviously doesn't have a soul, but, but it you know, it, it's alive, you know, like right. an animal is. Right, uh,
1: and if it, we're farming in a way that's degenerative, then we're destroying life.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. we're destroying that soil life, and what, mm-hmm. what it does for us as humans, you know, right. it, it's hard to see it, so I right. think that's, you know, bigger picture, it, it, it's sad to me that, you know, we're, we're currently over decades of, you know, these policies and these mentalities and, you know, various reasons, we're, we're in this state right now, that's mm-hmm. sad. Um, yeah. It's also coming out of the farming community, it, it's sad to me what that's created for the, the farming communities, it's, it's mm-hmm. sad to me that small towns are dying, that people you know that there's there there is a, a movement of people from rural to metropolitan areas you know that that's sad to me that it, it's it's um should be the other way around if we had our you know in my opinion if we had our priorities straight
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh it's created monopolies you know look what happened to the beef packers with covid um mm-hmm. it created those those monopolies um to get bigger 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 and then it's created monocultures i mean that's I think yeah. one of our big problems in, with our soil across our whole country is monocultures. Right. Yeah. There's a huge right. movement right now to break those monocultures with cover crops, which is awesome. Um, nice. the, the growth of the use of cover crops in in, in uh, you know monoculture grain you know growing states mm-hmm. is huge. It's awesome to see those numbers. So I, it's the tide's turning. Yeah.
1: So um, I mean, we've used yeah, yeah. we've been we've put out a uh, cover crop in our pasture but you're saying that in cultivated fields of what,
2: corn, wheat, yeah. that
1: there's cover cropping with a mixture of seeds. There,
2: there's a big push and th- the growth has been exponential year over year with grain farmers mm-hmm. realizing that if they can get uh, another cover crop in immediately after the combine harvests the grain so that they have a living root through the winter and, and during the off season, that there's tremendous benefits, you know. And I, I hope that mm. just continues, you know, yeah. keeps steamrolling because it's really it's really taken off and it's exciting to see because I think mm. that's going to help a lot down the road. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I think another one is, you know, the marketing schemes that we have and the greenwashing, um, mm-hmm. to use that term, you know, greenwashing factory farm products as a uh, healthier or organic or more regenerative, more pasture-based than they are. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's sad to me that people are, in my opinion, getting cheated at the grocery store. Um, they're not getting what they think they're getting. So um, what
1: should our, our grocery store shopper be on the lookout for?
2: I, I think, you know, we almost have to question labels. Um, we, we do need to question labels, but I think we need, right. it, it's hard because it's hard to get it's hard to educate ourselves in what those labels mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think we're buying an egg that is more nutritious than the one next to it. And we're, you know, we may pay a dollar, $2, $3 more than the cheapest egg. And are we really getting a nutrition, nutritional benefit? I think mm-hmm. there's been a number of people who have done nutritional studies of eggs that have proven we're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big study done in 2014. I think it was 2014 that took every, you know carton of egg on a Kroger shelf and actually did the nutritional lab, you know, nutritional studies on it, and and people are getting cheated, you know, it's just, and then they took, you know, pasture raised eggs and showed that, you know, you're buying a, you know, multivitamin in an egg, you know, you're getting all these other benefits, along with the protein along with, you know, and, you know, we need more studies like that. We need more publicity like that. And I think APA, um, we're a part of APA, a P P P A American Pasture Poultry Producers Association. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a good job of getting that word out. Um, that mm-hmm. We had an egg video produced that we were part of. Uh, you know, we just helped sponsor it. You know, but we not right. produce to help get the word out. And, mm-hmm. and um, I, it, I just hate to see the general public get get cheated of what they think they're buying. And mm-hmm. it happens a lot, especially right. with proteins it, in my opinion, it happens a lot with proteins. It probably happens a lot with veg vegetables as well, but mm. it happens a lot with proteins in the store
0: so yeah, yeah, fascinating but
2: um mm. I had lists could go on and on and on, but what what gives me hope are you know these guys that have gone before us, those role models that are are out there showing us now what they've been doing for twenty years. Well, you know, we mentioned Joel Salton, you know, he's obviously the grandfather of some right. of this stuff, but And um, Joel
1: Salatin is with Polyface Farm in, in Virginia. Virginia.
2: Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Greg Judy, you know, I, on beef, I think he's he's uh, put out a lot of great information on beef. Mm-hmm. Um Gabe Brown, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's really leading the revolution on uh, no tilling you know polycultures and and you know beef production you know i i listen to everything he says on beef because i think he's a genius on his on his beef production uh and and keeps it very simple Mm -hmm. um the the cool thing in my opinion is that all those guys are christians and are very Mm -hmm. vocal about their faith that gives me hope that you know they're getting some publicity um that they're that they're getting into some of these movies you know the kiss the ground movie that just came out um mm-hmm. dirt, you know the sure. you know, the books they're coming out you know there, there's there, there seems to be a wave of publicity on this subject which is which is great um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think there is um an increasing co- consumer demand for products um i think people are maybe they're getting more aware i think uh, becoming more aware maybe maybe from these different you know movies and stuff but they're they're getting you know maybe a little more leery of the status quo and uh looking for products that you know don't harm don't harm the earth don't harm the producer don't you know don't harm the factory worker that's producing right. things like that. Right. So that that's that's awesome um yeah, yeah and so really and so
1: part of it sounds like is how can we help people know their farmer better? Yeah, I mean, obviously, exactly. it's not necessarily one farmer, um, but what would it what would what would it look like? How would it be different if uh, if people knew where their food came from and knew who grew who grew it and how it is grown?
2: Oh, well, I think I think there's a lot of accountability there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a steak a Walmart steak, a cheap Walmart steak, how many hands is that touched? How many right. locations has that touched? How many miles of fuel does that have on it before mm-hmm. it gets to your local Walmart? You know,
0: right?
2: Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, I've really, one thing I have really enjoyed in, in this adventure is, is I do enjoy the customer side. I enjoy getting to know the families that have made us their farmer you know yeah. their their kids know us as their egg and beef farmer that mm-hmm. that is so rewarding and and so empowering you know that that's such a neat relationship and
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's a lot of responsibility and accountability too you know we're not going to let we're not going to let them down you know we're not going to we're not going to cheat them we're not going to you know feed the chickens you know junk feed for a year and not mm-hmm. tell them you know <laughs> just you know it's, yeah. they're yeah. friends they're they're you know we have those the customers that you know they say they can't eat a store-bought egg they don't know what why it is or what's in them but they can't eat a store-bought egg yeah. they, they have allergic
0: right. reactions you know but they it's can anything eat a to have your, yeah it's anything to have your customers come back and say that's the best egg i've ever yeah, yeah. or
1: yep.
0: yeah but
1: there's... you're right that that uh relationship goes both ways yeah when they know you and you know them you're counting on each other
2: yeah yeah and, and it's it's beautiful
1: it just changes everything as a community
2: yeah and i i love it when you know we haven't been able to do as many tours over the last year but you know Mm -hmm. if someone comes out you know to grab their eggs or their beef we're always like hey there's the chickens right there you know Mm -hmm. that's what they do you know they we move them around that pasture and yeah and there's our cows they're they're near the house today but they won't be tomorrow because we move them you know and why why do we move them so Mm -hmm. that, that that that's that relationship's really important, you know, and, and I mm. encourage them all to ask questions. There's, there's not a stupid question, you know, it's, right. um, there's a lot yeah. of, a lot of good questions out there. And, and, uh, you know, our goal is to get more people out to our farm. We've, we've had a couple decent sized farm tours and um, we, we, I invite, you know, whenever I sell a beef, or a, I do invite them to the farm, you know, we, yeah I'm not going to say we have an open door policy, like, like Joel does at Polyface, right. Um, but We'd appreciate a text or call first, but uh, we, <laughs> yeah. you know, every every sale comes with an invite. Come, come see where your eggs and your beef were produced, because mm-hmm. you know I think it's important. I think it's important for yeah. kids to know where that is, how it's produced, and where it comes from. Yeah.
0: And right. it build it builds it builds community at the it same does. time.
1: I think you touched on it right there. This type of farming builds community. There is a community of people who are able to see more clearly their connections to one another. But also Chuck spoke about soil as living matter, and there is a vast community there. Soil is not just the inert chemical ingredients we might might see on a fertilizer bag, the NPK, Uh, or nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. I think Chuck took chemistry more recently than me. He was just (laughs) kind of throwing that around. But Uh, soil is something that cannot be engineered. Soil is an interconnected community of living things which form the foundation of all life. And the food that comes from soil is more than protein, carbs, and calories.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. Food is relationships. Food is an invitation into communion Mm. with all who are around the table, all who are involved in getting it to the table and with all of the life in the soil, which is where all food starts. Maybe that's what it means to see food as a sacrament. Mm.
1: Prairie Farmstead in Sherman is where you are and you've been at it For a few years now, just since 2016, not very long, but you've done a lot.
2: Yeah, 17. Yeah.
1: What What are your hopes and dreams, (laughs) Barry Farmstead?
2: I think you know the number one, the one number one is to produce, you know, the the type of food I want to feed my kids. Yeah, Uh, that's really number one. If 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 everything changed tomorrow and we couldn't sell product, and you know we're down to two cows and some chickens and bought a pig or something you know the number one goal would be to feed my family sure the absolutely most nutrient dense food i can produce um Mm -hmm. number two is that you know along with that food aspect that the farm is a is a pleasant addition to our family
1: Mm -hmm. um
2: that it you know the op the operation the enterprises we have they're not dangerous for my kids to participate in they're not intimidating, you know, obviously every kid might be right. a little intimidated of a full-size steer or cow, but, but, sure. um, you know, within reason right. they can do it with us. And, um, mm-hmm. that, that's been kind of a checkoff list, you know, for a lot of things. Can, can the kids do that with us? You know, can, can it be a family affair? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, on the flip side of that, is it creating so much stress that it's not good for my marriage? It's not good for my kids. You know, you know, it's just kind of that check and balance. So th- yeah, those are, sure. th- those are definitely number one and number two. I think the third, you know, for, for a farm to be sustainable and to really build a community, it has to be profitable, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, you know, that comes with that whole regenerative and sustainable. And so, you know, Mm I, I want to make sure that I'm building something that's profitable, that I'm not going to build this customer base and be gone tomorrow. Um, Sadly, the life expectancy of a new farm is very short Mm -hmm. and it's, it's Mm -hmm. very sad to me, but You know and there's always checks and balances there too you know it to you got to be profitable but you also have to be able to sell your product so you got to be you got to be wise and smart about that um Mm. so you know we want to be profitable while we while we also regenerate the land so have a check and balance there and while we maintain the level of you know the highest level of nutrient density and the clean cleanliness of the product so we kind of want to have you know those three pillars of you know, profit, regenerative, and you know, the, the most nutrient-dense prod, product that we can produce. So,
1: right.
2: If one of those fails, the farm fails, in my opinion. Right. So right. Either either we start compromising and we produce a less nutrient-dense product, or our plan goes backwards and we don't regenerate it, or we're not profitable and we don't last very long.
1: So Yeah. <laughs> it, it it occurs it occurs yeah. to me while you're talking that the holistic approach um, does include you and your family as the farmer, you know, so, so if, so it's finding the relationships between what is healthy for my customer, for my family, for my farm, for the soul, for the animals, for the plants, but the farmer, the health, uh, of yours and, and Molly's relationship is yep. a part of that mix. So yep. don't, don't do it in a way that is exploiting the animals. Don't do it in a way that is exploiting the land. Don't do it in a way that is exploiting and taking advantage of the farmer, because yep. if something dies in that holistic mix, everything else is going to suffer.
2: Yeah, I've had a lot of friends my age that didn't return to the farm because it wasn't an enjoyable enterprise, you know, it wasn't enjoyable right. to work with their parents or, or mm. it wasn't profitable. And, you know, why, why would I go back to a farm where I've got to basically be on food stamps or, you know, right. or like, whatever, you know, like, it, 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 that's not holistic that, that, that farm right. isn't going to last if, if right. the next generation, you know, either has these terrible memories from it or, you know, right. have, and if, and if none of my kids want to do it, that, that's absolutely fine. That's, that's yeah. up to them, right. but I don't want it to be a negative memory. Right. Um, and, you yeah. know, at, t- at times farming can be stressful. I mean, there's a lot of stuff sure. that's out of your control. There's, you know, there's deadlines, there's weather right. deadlines. Sure. There's a stress involved with farming, but it needs to be counteracted with all those benefits, you know? Right, you know. right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And if, if God is creator, as you say, and this earth, this, farm belongs to god and we're entrusted with it i mean god hasn't set us up for failure
2: yeah yeah he'll provide the
1: ingredients are
2: there yeah yeah there's no promise that it's going to be easy but nope. he's going to provide a way you know so right whether that you know that consumer practices our faith or not yeah. um you know well
1: yeah and as uh as the consumer you know it, it, your comment reminds me of one of Wendell Berry's quotes when he says, Everyone who eats is involved in agriculture. Yeah. So that's all of us. Yeah. Uh,
2: and I think the more processed our food is, the farther we are disconnected from that farm. Um, and so, you know, again, it comes back to education. Uh, you know, we haven't had a school, you know, tour yet, but that's one of our goals is to to have the infrastructure here and to be set up properly to have a a school tour. Mm. Um because that's really I think you can show kids at a younger age where the egg comes from and things like that. Oh yeah. You don't
1: forget that. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's (laughs) kind of hard to show them where a steak comes from. Might not want to show them that whole process. But uh, (laughs) but uh you know if 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 you can show them you know what a herbivore is and um what what the word herb of or means um you know it it, it sticks with you for a long long time but so yeah i I, i'd encourage you guys just keep keep doing carrying on you know connecting those dots um i think you know you guys are good are also excellent at at building community you know what you guys have done with your farm and your dreams and goals for your farm Hmm. Um, we have a strong you know uh, local farm community in Grayson County and in, in Collin mm-hmm. County, but I think it could grow, it, it's got a lot of room to grow. Yeah, it oh, sure, absolutely. Does. So, you know, I'd encourage you guys to keep, keep doing what you're doing to grow that community as well. You know, let's get the word yeah. out that, you know,
0: people in our community have a have a local option. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. We will. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for your time this evening. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you on the farm sometime. Yeah, come on up. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> All Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you, yes. Take care.
1: We are grateful for our new friendship with Chuck and other farmers like him, and glad that you took the time to join us. We promise that we will keep connecting the dots between farming, food, and faith in this podcast, and look forward to seeing where the conversation leads. Come see us on the farm when you can.